Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Well, I, I was so blessed. Sharon, thank you for sharing that testimony. Sharon and Arturo Del Valle, they've been amazing, uh, doing amazing mission work in uh, the Philippines. Sharon, I've known them for such a long time, and it's been such a privilege. They uh, taught my children uh, Sunday school, and uh, we've been family friends for so long. In fact, Sharon was even in, she was my midwife when Joseph was being born. Hallelujah. Which is a very nice surprise. Praise the Lord. Unfortunately, my labor was so long. Labors are not easy, Daniel Zelly. <laughs> Just saying, all the women said, yes. <laughs> they never, ever say that again. <laughs> A shift finished before, before Joseph came, but it was, uh, it, thank you. It's so lovely to hear um, your testimony, and we're so grateful too to everyone that is supporting uh, this message going out around the world. So, so, so wonderful. And it was a delightful thing to be able to be there for the wedding yesterday. So um, we are celebrating the good things that God is doing. We want to hear your testimonies. Please write to us and let us know what the Lord's done. We love hearing the testimonies of breakthrough, of healing, of um, what the Lord's doing in your life because your testimony encourages everybody else. Hallelujah. I love too the way that people are coming early, even in the middle of big bad storms. Um, so I appreciate David coming early every week and helping with the cafe and people coming and meeting in the cafe and uh, just taking time to do family. I so appreciate you all. And it's, uh, it's beautiful. I love our house and I'm grateful for it. I was at uh, Glory City West this morning and that was good fun. Uh, but I want to share with you something that I began on Friday night. I just feel the Holy Spirit breathing on this word. And I want, uh, want you to open your hearts because we really believe that when we read the word of God, when we, when we study the Bible, it's not something we do out of obligation. It's not something that's just a good encouragement. It's a living word that will feed us. And Nick released a prophetic word on Friday that really encouraged me. He had a word about the season of acceleration that we are in, and we know that that's been a strong word that the Lord's been speaking about, supernatural acceleration. But he had a, a word about uh, Elijah when he had been threatened by Jezebel and he was at the end of his strength and he was in the cave exhausted and the Lord came, sent an angel to bake some hot bread and feed him. And, and then afterwards... He was able to outrun the horses, outrun the chariots, supernaturally uh, run. And, I really, and he be began to prophesy that the Lord is doing something supernatural where he is feeding us and wanting to prepare us for a supernatural run, a supernatural divine acceleration. And so I believe it's a time when we hear the word of God, we need to be careful stewards of it. We don't want to be hearers of the word only and not doers. Uh, but, and we don't want to be people who despise prophecy. You can despise prophecy by hearing a word that you know the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, but then doing nothing about it. That's a form of despising prophecy because prophecy is not an inevitability, it's an invitation. And it can take all sorts of forms. It can be a, a preach that you hear where you hear a revelation and you go, oh, that's great. But if you, if you go, oh, that's great, and then you do nothing to apply it in your life, it's a form of despising prophecy. 
Or if you read a word in the Bible in the morning and the Lord speaks to you and you go, yeah, that was nice, and then you forget to apply it through the day. You know, it's something that we miss out on. The Lord wants us in this season to eat the hot bread that he wants to give us, the fresh bread, the freshly baked bread. I just saw Kent in the, in the room. Hello, welcome home from Bougainville. Good to have Kent. I bet Dana's happy to have you here. Welcome home. So it's so important that we eat the fresh bread. God's got daily bread for you every day. Hallelujah. And we want to be people who steward well what we've been given because when you, you do what you can with what you've got, God will give you more. Amen? So, Father, we ask that you'd open our ears to hear, give us eyes to see, give us grace, Lord, to hear your word and to apply it in our everyday lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn with me to 1 John chapter 4. I love 1 John. It's so delicious, you could eat it for dessert. Just delicious. 1 John 4.15 Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. We have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God. And God in him. Hallelujah. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Hallelujah. This is so rich, this passage. It's so delicious in that it's the gospel in a nutshell. If you've confessed that Jesus is the Son of God, I believe that he is the Son of God, that he died, he rose again, and that right now he offers us forgiveness. When you respond to him, that's when salvation comes. When you respond to Jesus as Savior, you say, thank you, Lord. I need your mercy. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Make me new on the inside. You become a new creation. And then you have no need to fear on the day of judgment because now, as he is, so are we in this world. Hallelujah. That means he is he who is holy, pure, righteous. He says, now that is your new nature as Christians, as followers of Christ, as those who have confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior, believed in their hearts, confessed with their mouths that Jesus is Lord. They now are new creations who carry the nature, the DNA of Christ. It's the magnificent news that means that you have no need to be afraid any longer, no need to be afraid of not being accepted, of not being good enough. We approach God now boldly as we come to the throne of grace without fear that God's going to be browbeating us or annoyed with us or frustrated with us. And I like to think about this. It, it says that um, perfect love casts out fear for fear involves torment. Some people still struggle with the idea that God isn't happy to see them, that he's somehow still, a, you know, got to be a bit annoyed a bit frustrated with them. But the good news is that 
having received Christ as our Savior and Lord, we have become clean. He remembers our sin no more. Hallelujah. So we can boldly come before him. You know, when I think about it, and I think about what it looks like to come before the Lord, to spend time in his presence talking to him, this relationship that we have with the Father is what is the same relationship he wants us to have with one another. He tells us that we're to be, receive his love, to love him and then to love others. We're to love with the same love that he gives us. So that leads me to think, well, what is relationship with him like? What does spending time in his presence feel like? When I come to the Lord, he is always happy to see me. Hallelujah. He's never annoyed. He's never frustrated with me. As Graham Cook says, he's never disillusioned with me because he never had any illusions about me in the first place. He's not shocked and horrified at what I've done. When I approach him, he's there going, I'm so happy to see you. Your face is lovely. Let me tell you the truth about you. Let me remind you of your true identity. The Bible says that God is love and perfect love casts out fear. So what's love look like? Well, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 13 that love is patience, love is kind. It keeps no record of wrongs. It's long-suffering. It's all these good things. That's the definition of love and God is love. He's not just loving. He is the definition of love. God is patient. God is kind. Now he says, as he is, so are we. Hallelujah. So we need to remind ourselves every day of what we really look like so that we can have faith to exercise and live out of this new identity, to live as people who are kind, as people who are patient. Hallelujah. In his presence, it tells us in Psalm 16, verse 11, it says here, you will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Other translations say absolute joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever. That sounds like being in his presence is a really happy place to be. You know, the truth is, when I come before the Lord, he's my safe place. He's my strong tower. I never have to feel afraid in his presence because he's already cancelled my sin. He's not angry with me. Hallelujah. I'm forgiven. I'm loved. And as I come before him in his light, I see light. His goodness and kindness leads me to repentance. Hallelujah. I remember I'm accepted, I belong, I am loved, hallelujah. I feel safe, I feel surrounded with his peace. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, hallelujah. This is a true word that in his presence is absolute joy, fullness of joy. Fullness means there's no room for anything that's not joy. <sighs> Complete peace, complete joy, complete righteousness. Hallelujah. This is the kingdom of God. This is his presence. And as we come before him, 
He is welcoming us. The Bible tells us uh, uh, Jesus described who the father was. He, he said in the story of the prodigal son that the father ran toward his son, wrapped his arms around him, kissed him, put a robe on him, a ring. The Bible also tells us that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God isn't like the father of the prodigal son only on the day you get saved. He's like that every time you open your eyes and your mouth and say, Lord, I want to seek your face. He's there going, oh, I love you more than you can handle. Amen. Pray for supernatural strength because I want to overwhelm you with my love. He wants to give you more than you have time to receive. Thinking about this makes me then think about what my relationship with others should look like. If this is the way God treats me, then I have to consider what does my relationship with everybody else need to look like? God is enjoyable company. I remember reading Danny Silk's book, um, Loving Your Kids on Purpose. It's a great book. But he talks about how with his children, if they were having a tantrum and misbehaving, he'd, he'd, he'd take them to their room. He'd say, just stay here. And when you're ready to be fun to be with, you can come out. And that so struck me because when I think about what it looks like to be in the presence of God, he is fun to be with. He's, he's always delightful company. Even if it's serious, I am safe. Hallelujah. Then in his presence is fullness of joy. I want to ask the question, are you enjoyable company? Are you somebody that people want to be with? I had the joy of doing a wedding yesterday. And I was thinking about what advice I could give to a young couple getting married. And I began to think about some couples I've seen as they've gotten older who've started to take each other for granted. And you see their interactions. I've watched it sat in the back seat of cars as, as wives are just like, turn the corner, don't do that, no, 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 and, and spending 80% of their communication correcting, or vice versa. And you know what? If most of our time and our communication is corrective, people's reaction is naturally going to be to build a wall to protect themselves. Now, they stay together because they should and they've made a vow, but they really don't seem to be enjoying each other's company enormously. And my suspicion is that they probably do their very best to limit their interactions. Because nobody wants to be around somebody that is continually attacking them. Nobody wants to be around somebody who is always heavy and sad. It's okay to have an Eeyore moment, but you don't want to have an Eeyore life. 
You can have a bad day, but if, you're, if, if you are miserable all the time and trying to make everybody else make you feel better, after a while you'll wear them out. God wants to be for you what you need. Hallelujah. He wants to be your helper so that you can receive from him and that you can freely give what he wants to give into your heart. Hallelujah. This God who's always happy to see us is somebody that is a revelation we need to apply in our everyday world. You know, when someone walks into your home or into your office or into your business, what do they encounter? I remember um, when the Lord began to challenge me about this years ago, I decided I'd start practicing on Joseph. <laughs> when he'd come home from school, I'd think, right, it's nearly, nearly 3.30. He'll come through that door soon. What's he going to experience when he hears my greeting? I began to be, think about it. I, think, I want him to feel what I feel when I stand in the presence of God. I want him to feel absolutely accepted. I want him to feel so enjoyed. I want him to feel like I am really happy to see him. I want him to feel supernatural peace. I want him to feel absolute acceptance, not based on his performance, but on who he is. So I'd prepare myself. I'd say, right, when he comes through this door, I want him, when he hears the sound of my greeting, to feel the atmosphere of heaven. Then I began to apply it in different things we'd go to. We'd, Tom would uh, get invited to government things with his position as an honorary consul. We'd get to go to different um, functions and receptions, and I'd prepare myself. Okay, when I go in, am I going to go in feeling self-conscious, or am I going to go in with that same atmosphere to people around me? He is enjoyable company, so I'm going to be enjoyable company. Hallelujah. I'm going to let people feel love through me, through my conversation. I think the same needs to be applied with our kids. This, you know, if, you're, if most of your conversation with your kids is correcting them, they will probably start avoiding you because they want to protect their hearts. They don't want to get in trouble. Even if it's not something that's going to get them in trouble, but if it's, if it's continual negative conversation or corrective conversation, you aren't being enjoyable company as a parent. And God wants us to uh, show the world around us. He wants us to show our families. He wants us to show our workplace. He wants us to show everyone we interact with what God looks like. God is delightful company. He is always happy to see us. So if you're working in a, in a business and there's a smile on your face or when, when someone walks in and they genuinely sense you're happy to see them, what you're doing is you are reflecting your relationship with God. Hallelujah. And you're inviting them and making room for them to let down their walls so you can bring the good news of the gospel. Hallelujah. People aren't interested in hearing from somebody that they're too busy protecting themselves from. If you've got relationships where, I mean, as I grew up, I was such a zealous young Christian. I, I got saved when I was 12, and mum and dad were divorced. And, and I loved my father with all my heart, but he wasn't yet saved. And so I'd go to visit him once or twice a year, and I would tell him, Dad, 
you're going to hell. You need to stop smoking. You need to stop doing this. And, he, you know, it just didn't work. <laughs> didn't have the results I wanted it to have. You see, that's not how God treats us. So we need to treat others the way that he treats us. Hallelujah. He's not interested in people cleaning themselves up before they come to him. He's interested in them coming to him so that he can give them power to live in righteousness and holiness. Hallelujah. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not envious. It doesn't uh, brag. It's not arrogant. It doesn't act unbecomingly. It doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked. It doesn't take into account a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Hallelujah. Do people feel so safe with you that they would believe they could let down their guard, that they could be real without the fear of judgment? God invites us to stand in his presence, unashamed, unafraid, able to talk to him about whatever's on our heart and on our mind because he has the power to help us in every situation. Hallelujah. God wants people around us to feel that same level of safety and peace and joy. Hallelujah. So what does it look like to be fun to be with? Now, I was talking with my family about this over the weekend, and you know, it's not about a personality type. It's not about just being extroverted and bubbly all the time. I mean, the world would be a really noisy place if that were the case. It's not about how much you talk or what you say. It's about the attitude of your heart and what you are communicating. You know, if, if 80% of your communication involves a frown and some form of correction, even if it's well-meaning and spoken in love, people are not going to enjoy your company. I'll just tell you like it is. You might think you're helping, but if you're correcting somebody over and over and over again and you think they're going to change by your continual correction, you've got another thing coming. God hasn't called you to correct the world. He's called you to love the world. Hallelujah. He hasn't called you to correct your spouse. He's called you to love your spouse. I know that there are times when we need with our children with, with, that serious conversations need to happen. But if your conversations are mostly serious, there's a problem. Now, even in your workplace, even in your day-to-day -day interactions when there's tasks and things that have to be done, there's a way to do it that makes you fun to be with. Imagine someone in an office and they've got co-workers who have to come and knock on their door to find out something that needs to happen. They knock on the door and the response is, what do you want? Every day. What do you want? Oh yeah, all right, here you go. 
Do you think that person is going to be invited to all the social gatherings outside of work? No. Unless they feel obligated. God is looking for us in our everyday lives, in our everyday interactions to remember that even when we've got a work to do, even when we've got tasks to get done, even when there's serious conversations to be had, that there is a way to bring into it the love, the peace and the joy of heaven. Even if there's a serious thing that has to be said, I tell you, God is so good even at the affirmation sandwich. He wants us to learn what it looks like to encourage, to love. Hallelujah. The heart of the Father is that we would walk in freedom and freedom from fear. Free from the fear of one another. Free from the fear of, I don't know if he'll be happy to see me. When I come to God, he's not thinking, oh, Catherine, really? Are you, are you thinking you can come and worship me right now? We've hardly talked at all today. This is a bit hypocritical of you. This is not how he treats me. You come to God and, and you're here like, oh, I'm here, hardly made it, it was raining, and the kids were crying, and this was happening. Here I am to worship God. Oh, I don't expect very much because I really don't feel like I deserve it. God's there going, I'm so happy you're here. Oh, your face is lovely. You have full access. It's my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You can have confidence that you can hear his voice, that he wants to bless you, he wants to encourage you, because his blessing and his encouragement is not based on your performance, it's based on your faith in his goodness. Hallelujah. And if you're treating people based on whether you think they deserve it or not, you are not representing the kingdom. If you're treating your spouse with the cold shoulder, hoping that they'll realize they've done something wrong, it's probably not going to be as effective as lavishly encouraging them and loving them. I tell you, it'll cause their hearts to melt and the goodness and kindness of God will bring them to repentance. But if you think you're going to help them by digging in their eye, you're probably going to find that the relationship doesn't grow stronger and more connected. God's ways are not our ways. Hallelujah. His ways are higher than our ways. You know, when you come to, to worship the Lord, when you come to talk about the Lord, God wants you to be free from fear. Free from the nagging fear on the inside that, oh, you know, I don't feel like I'm really accepted. The truth of the gospel is so radically simple. It's not fair by human standards, but it is heavenly justice. The justice that God speaks about in Isaiah 61, where the Lord says, I, the Lord, love justice, comes on the back of him saying, for their former shame, pain, and disgrace, I will give them double recompense. 
for I, the Lord, love justice. His idea of justice is to give us double blessing for what we don't deserve and in fact, what we've even brought on ourselves. You read the context, he was talking to the Israelites who'd brought all this trouble on themselves and God's idea of justice, this is what I want for them. This is what I look forward to. It's the day that I can love them like I've always looked forward to loving them. Love them with the blessings of heaven. Love them with the extravagant kindness, the extravagant forgiveness. Let them know my acceptance. I look forward to the day of my son's death and resurrection so that those who would believe in him could be joined with me for eternity, enjoying the presence that I want them to experience. Enjoying the fullness the absolute joy of heaven, hallelujah, the true peace that has no fear of judgment. The true peace that believes I'm forgiven though I fully know I don't deserve it. A kingdom where the people of God exercise his faith that he's given them to every day walk in this radical kindness that says, you're forgiven, you're forgiven, you're forgiven, you are loved, you're forgiven. You see, when we start to believe it, we will start to live from it. Hallelujah. When we start to open our hearts and receive the truth of his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness, instead of uh, reacting and hiding from him, we will begin to live out of a place of true identity, knowing, thank you, God. This is what you say about me. As you are, so am I in this world. Therefore, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You say I am righteous. In fact, you say I am the righteousness of God in Christ, which means I am now as righteous as God. Not a spot, not a stain. And it's not based on my performance, it's based on Christ's performance. So, okay, that being my identity, I have power now. Today, no matter how I've walked yesterday, today by faith I have power to walk like him in true righteousness, in true holiness. Hallelujah. You say that you are the Prince of Peace and that as you are, so am I in this world. Therefore... I have true peace. I don't have to be anxious about anything. I don't have to worry. I don't have to stress. I don't have to strive. I tell you, my personality type can be given to being a little bit anxious, like always in a hurry. But God wants to give us supernatural peace, a supernatural rest that says, that makes other people feel comfortable. I'm so blessed for my family. My husband, he's so wise. He knows that when I'm getting worked up and I'm stressed and I'm in a hurry, he, he knows exactly how to handle me. It's so good. He doesn't tell me, stop, stop worrying, stop it. He's just he's like, what can I do to help? It's so lovely. Don't be jealous. Hallelujah. <laughs> But I tell you, so much better that instead of us getting into anxiety, frustration, or stress, that we just lean back 
into the supernatural reality that he is the Prince of Peace. And now he, him, his peace now lives on the inside of me. Hallelujah. And I can live out of that place of peace. He who abides in love abides in him. In him, there's fullness of joy. In him, there's fullness of peace. In him, there's fullness of righteousness. Hallelujah. God is looking for you to lean back into it, to rest into it, to enjoy it, to say, oh, thank you, God, the pressure's off. I don't have to perform. I don't have to fear. I don't have to worry. I simply need to receive by faith the gift of your love that I might today give that and release that to everybody I meet. My prayer for you is that your family would experience the love of God. I want to ask today, how do you feel when you come into his presence? Do you feel the fullness of joy? Do you feel accepted? God wants you to know the truth about him, that he is for you. He's not against you. He's always happy to see you. Hallelujah. And then the second question I want you to ask yourself, am I being enjoyable company? How can I make life better for that person today? In my journey home, in the car, how can I make everybody in the car have a more enjoyable experience? You have a choice. You can sit there and scroll through your phone or you can release the presence of God. I want you to ask yourself the question, am I fun to be with? If you're not, the Lord wants to help you. He wants to bring you from a place of sadness and criticism into a place of acceptance and joy. Hallelujah. He wants to give you power to walk with the love of Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And God, we ask for your help today that you'd help us approach you in faith, believing that you are for us, that you love us, that you are our answer and you are our ever-present help in time of need. Father, I ask that you'd help us in every relationship that we are in to be good company, to be people who are actively seeking to make the other people, other person feel safe, accepted and loved. God, give us strategy, give us tools, give us wisdom to know every day how to experience and release your love. Father, I'm asking that we would truly be known by the love that we have for one another. Let it be heavenly, Father, I ask. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, Amen, Amen. amen. Hallelujah. We're going to pray for some people in just a few minutes and then we're going to take communion together. Has that been helpful to you? It's helpful to me. Hallelujah. I want to ask you though, if you're here tonight and you say in your heart you haven't responded to this gift of salvation that God wants to give you. The Bible tells us that Jesus was slain for the sins of the whole world. He offers you forgiveness. But that does not mean that the whole world is saved. Salvation comes when we humble ourselves and we receive 
the free gift of forgiveness, salvation that we cannot earn. When we humble ourselves and acknowledge, I need it. I need your forgiveness. I need your mercy. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and light can have no fellowship with darkness. And nobody can make themselves clean enough to be in relationship with God. So everybody needs Jesus. And he waits and longs for you to respond to him, to receive the gift of righteousness, to get a new, clean heart. Hallelujah. If that's you today and you say, I want that, I want to take this moment to acknowledge that Jesus is the way of salvation and I want to receive him as my saviour today, would you just wave your hand at me? I want to pray for you. Is there anybody here today that says, yes, that's me? Love to pray with you today. Hallelujah. Well, thank you, Father.